The Luck Stops Here podcast with Scott Bowser is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. That's right, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code LSH for a 50% deposit bonus on your deposit up to $1,000. If you can't live in Vegas like me, you can live in Vegas at home, online, doing it remote. Like, people work remote now. That's how we do it. We got an online casino, online horse book, online sports book. Uh, I just bet on whether or not, um, uh, like... I bet something real stupid on there recently. I bet, like, uh, who's going to win the... Uh, oh, it's like this European soccer tournament. But anyway, they got everything over there. Go take... Get the free money and tell them Scott at the Lux Ups here podcast sent you. We got a good episode to close out this week. I'm really look, I've been really looking forward to having her on the show for a while. Everybody, we got Chloe Evans. How are you doing, Chloe? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I actually... You just talked about that ad, and now I feel, like, tempted to... Go sign on up. And- well, you know, I'm telling you, if you go deposit 50 bucks, they'll give you a free 25 right there, you know, and just to, I mean, because we, this is something that we are going to talk about. This almost gives us a natural segue, like almost right away, but they accept and pay out in Bitcoin. Really? Yeah. God, you know how I feel about crypto. That's actually how you and I started talking a lot yeah. is because of cryptocurrency. There was only a handful <laughs> of people really in on Doge in the early days because it was a really hard thing to get. So we all became co- part of this weird subculture. And it's funny because, you know, I remember, I think I might have mentioned this to you, but like the guy I used to buy weed from when I was like in my 20s used to use Bitcoin to like buy it off of like Silk Road and he'd buy like mushrooms and whatever That's off of there. And he had like, I want, you know, he had a lot, like I would say a couple thousand, you know, he doesn't have it anymore. And, uh, I just can't even imagine what it feels like for him, you know, to know that like, oh, I used to have like a thousand. Uh, the, the worst uh, horror story I've heard about this kind of stuff is my friend Patrick Melton. I was just on his show a few weeks ago. He lives here in Vegas. We are friends from L.A. But he lives here in Vegas now. And he had a his show, but he also had a crypto show for a while. And through his crypto mm-hmm. show, like uh, like an early competitor to Coinbase was his show's main sponsor. And so they paid him in a bunch of Bitcoin during this time when it wasn't worth much. And they paid him in all this stuff. And he started thinking that when Dogecoin was like first hit, it was like nothing, nothing, nothing. Like he had enough in other crypto where he was like, you know what? I'm going to get a million of one coin. What's the one I can afford to do this on? It was Doge. So he gets a million Dogecoin. And then the guy who was his sponsor or whatever closed the company, sold it to another thing, and they refused to honor his wallets. So he lost... <gasps> So, I mean, like, overall, he probably lost over, like, I mean, he lost close to it. Like, when Doge hit 76 cents, I mean, right away, he lost three quarters of a million there. (laughs) Well, and then you just also, when you think about the Bitcoin. The Bitcoin. I don't know exactly how much Bitcoin he had in there, but he had enough to where it was like, yeah, I mean, he probably lost over a million on this. I mean, that's, so that's why I hold. (laughs) So this is why I hold. But that's what he wanted to do too. But (laughs) but they closed his wallet on him. So yeah, that's that's kind of frightening. Because so I kind of have a couple of different wallets and I'm very new to this. I'm like, I, in January, the GameStop thing happened, right? And I was like, oh yeah, I have a Robinhood account. I forgot. And I saw Dogecoin and I was like, well, I'm not going to buy like a fraction of Bitcoin. I think I maybe had like 20 bucks worth that I bought in December or something, something really small. And it was like a 0.008 
And I bought a little, and then the next day is when it flew up. And it was probably because there's a bunch of idiots like me who didn't know anything and saw the cheapest one and they bought it and it happened, you know? And then I just, uh, cause it is nice to own a lot of one coin. Yeah. My mom was talking about Bitcoin. My dad doesn't understand any of it, but my mom was like, well, now they're going to start calling it, I guess what Shatoshi's or something, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. Satoshi are like a one millionth of a Bitcoin. I think it is. Yeah. So it's so like, it's an e- I, I, cause I was buying like little amounts on cash app cause the fees are really low there. Yeah. And I would buy like $2 here, $5 here whenever I had pocket change or like, Oh, I'm craving a cigarette and I shouldn't smoke Buy a cigarette pack worth of Bitcoin, you know, stuff like that. Oh, nice. And so like at first I just put a hundred dollars on Coinbase, but by doing that through cash app, all of a sudden, like, I guess I'm in total that I've invested like five, 600 bucks. But I got yeah. to the point where that Bitcoin alone, when it peaked, was worth like fifteen, sixteen hundred. So like I bought in at the right time, definitely. And by just yeah. by only buying in small amounts that I, I just don't miss out of my pocket at all, I've steadily grown my stash. And, and now I do that with Ethereum. Uh, I've done that with Cardano, Doge. Like I have a, I have a lot of different weird altcoins. And so it's kind Me of Me too. Yeah. And it's weird because at, like, so the first altcoin I bought, which again, it was a random thing. I saw it on Twitter and- it took me a while to figure out how to buy it. it was the, the Shiba swap or the Shiba Shiba? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ship, yeah ship. Shibo, and, yeah. And that's the one that they transferred, like I think over a billion dollars worth or something, to the Ethereum founders' wallet, and then he donated the billion dollars to um, COVID relief for India. So then it made the news, and it's kind of crazy. And I'm like. I, I, I want to say I first hold. got in like August or September and I wish I would have got in the altcoins then because I kind of I feel like I missed the boat on some of them but I was just on time on Doge and Cardano and a couple other ones oh those ones are so I mean I'm having fun with it and that's again like we were talking about come rocket like yeah. my mom my mom I was like hey because it went up you know a good amount and I god I must have made like a thousand dollars well I didn't make it because I held and now it's gone back down but I remember telling my mom, hey, I made money on this thing called Come Rocket. And she just was like, <laughs> Is that well, like OnlyFans? <laughs> do you think I should? She was like, Should I invest? <laughs> like, really? Like, you know, sex sells. I don't know. But I, I feel like these are like lottery tickets that don't expire. And the way yeah. I've explained to like my friends, I'm like, you know, you might see that a coin you bought goes down but it's not like you lose your money in vegas at the casino like this is like the casino can call you a month later and be like hey actually, actually you ended up winning <laughs> yeah yeah uh-huh i love it well, see, I'm and like I'm a, was- I'm a sports gambler and so i feel like for people that don't have a thick a, like a strong stomach crypto is not mm-hmm. for them but me i'll like like over the course of an nfl weekend i'll be gambling like 500 or a couple thousand over the course of like a lot of games sometimes and it's like the highs and lows that go with that make investing in crypto so much easier. Because like you said, I it, I don't lose until I cash out. It, well, it's okay. Wait, did you, I have to know, did you um, bet on any of the World Series games, Astros, Dodgers, 2017? Uh, you know what? I wasn't betting on those games so much because that was back when I was still in LA and my bookie had raised his uh, minimums to 25. Okay. And so I was really, really, really stingy with my bet see out, out here now my sports book my vegas sports book apps i got a one dollar minimum on one and two dollar minimum whatever on the other so it's like i will sit there on the weekends and start with like just like 40 bucks and next thing you know 
I'm up like 300 on the house and every game just like I'm just like throwing everything all over the place like it gets wait I want to do this <laughs> <laughs> no, because no the reason I brought up World Series 2017 is because those games and even though there's all the controversy with everything um, I just feel like those games were the most intense yeah, they were because they were just back and forth, back and forth, back and, and forth. And they were so close. I watch, I rewatch highlights from Game Five just to feel something. Sometimes I remember so Game light. Five. Uh, I was bar uh, during that time. I would I would occasionally do shifts as a door guy at the spot in Echo Park, like a speakeasy. And oh God! Did they have the game? And they had going? the game on, I mean, and people had... and people were just going crazy. And like the guy would let people smoke weed in there and stuff. So I mean. It was a whole scene in there for that game. It was pretty cool watching that because I think it was like Halloween weekend too. So we had a Halloween party oh, going amazing. in there. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and I know people hate the Astros, but I love them still. And um, they actually did some really nice things for my cousin when he was battling cancer. Like this, I just, I have a soft spot in my yeah, heart. And they're for your the hometown Astros. team. Like I'm an Angels yeah, fan. Grew up in Houston. Yeah, so. there we go. And um, I actually saw the Astros play the Angels once. That's like uh, it, when I, I went to Anaheim, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like um, there's they're not really going to ever be able to live that down. And are we, I don't know, cheating in baseball? It's kind of like yeah, it's kind of been happened. several teams. Yeah, right? They've kind of been doing that since the Civil War. I mean, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm like, oh, but I, I love I love Altuve. I don't know. But um that's got to be fun to like bet on sports though. Like I've never done it. So I, okay. The, the best times to come out to Vegas to bet on sports. Number one is March madness opening weekend. Oh, that's gotta be a great time. You have 32 games in the first two days of it or whatever. So there's 16 games on Thursday or whatever, 16 games Friday and they space them out. So that each one starts like 20 minutes after the one before it. So when it gets like late in the afternoon, you're just watching like crazy finish here and then move on to the next crazy finish and you move on to the next crazy finish and everybody in the sports books going crazy because like half the people have one team, half the people, the other. And I remember a couple of years ago, I was in Laughlin and we were at the sports book and it was, a, what was it Auburn versus, uh, God, who was it? Murray state. I think, but it was like, it was just so insane. And it went to like double overtime or whatever. And there was a point where it was like, it was a one point game with like three seconds left in the final overtime and they're just tipping it and it won't go in. And the team is playing defense People and like everybody's just out. flipping out the whole time. Like it was, it was insane. I have to do this next time I'm in Vegas. Like I, I, I told you, I love the craps tables. Um, I also like, I actually prefer going to that machine with the giant dice, you know, that it's like, oh, push yeah. the button. Yeah. The big, the big, uh, it looks like a giant, uh, what is it? What's the game? Uh, it's like a little dome. It looks like, like sorry. Little... Is that the one? Is that the board yeah, game? Yeah. <laughs> that's so, that's exactly right. I don't know why I love that. Maybe especially now with COVID, I especially don't want to be like around a big table. But um, I did talk to you about going to a Casino Royale on the strip next to um, for the the real cheap craps. You know, if you're on the actual strip, have yeah. you been to Casino Royale? I know what, yeah, you're, I know I what know. you're talking about. I haven't been there actually. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I feel like it was like a two dollar buy in. You know, it's like, um, and that was so much fun. I, I went once, and my mom had a she had the dice for what seemed like an hour. I swear to God. And everyone was like, I don't know what she's doing, but she's winning me all this money. Oh, it was great. Man. If I was at that table and playing and she's winning all that money, I probably would have tipped her like 200 bucks. 
she was that's what i do to a hot roller like i just give them money that's awesome she's so funny because like she's she's very much a life of a party i get i feel like i'm just tired these days but like my mom is 64 and i swear to god if we're leaving a restaurant and she hears music, it doesn't matter if it's like 1130. She's like, let's go find out what that is. You know, she wants to party. <laughs> she gets mad at me when I don't. And I'm like, you go to bed. Okay. Go now, to bed. March Madness is incredible. And like, there's nothing like going to Vegas for March. Like, there's nothing like that opening weekend. Because then you have the, the Saturday and Sunday where it goes down to another 16 games where there's eight and eight. So it's like that opening weekend, you have like 48 games that you're watching. And it's just like from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day. It's just intensity. It's so much fun. And do, like, I mean, but do you drink through this? I mean, I've noticed, I usually when I don't I, get. OK, here's what I do. I usually start off with coffees. I'll get up like early like six in the morning on these days. Right. Uh-huh. And, I'll, and I'll like go like if I'm staying at one of the hotels for it, it's different if I'm here in, in my in my condo. But if I'm at, at the, one of the casinos. I'll wake up early, go to like the Dunkin' Donuts or whatever they have in there, get some coffee and like a bagel, like a sandwich, sit down, really go over the scratch sheets, start making my picks for the day, really start analyzing, really looking up the stuff, looking up the experts I follow on Twitter and their their opinions, all this stuff. And then I'll start drinking around like, I don't know, maybe 11. (laughs) (laughs) You just start early in Vegas. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I'll start like around eleven, like because I'll just get to the point where like I've had like three coffees like in the morning, and I'm just like I'm all wound up, and it's like it's usually it'll be like that first game that I start sweating, where I'll finally look at the cocktail agents and be like, all right, bring me bring me a beer and a shot chaser, or you know, kind of thing. Um, I've noticed that I don't get hungover in Vegas. No, because. Because they pump it, so much oxygen in the casino. I was going to say the oxygen, yes. And then I also am very, and I do, I don't really drink too much. Um, but I always, if I go out or anything, um, I will drink a beer and then I'll have a water. Or I'll drink a beer and then I'll have a non-alcoholic beer just because, of, you know, even though it's kind of law. Because my last hangover that I had was so bad, I went to one of those IV clinics this was in LA. And ever since then, that was in what, like 2017. I haven't really gotten wasted since then. But They have an IV. It's right by my work, actually. They have an IV truck out here. Like the re- Oh, yeah. And they'll, they'll come into your hotel room. Yeah, they'll just come straight to you and stuff and like mm-hmm. bring you an IV bag right there in the casino and let you go. You know what they have now with the slot machines It's crazy? Is they have um, like uh, like charging stations for your phone, like the non-plug-in charging stations. Oh, the flat things. Yeah, you your... and they have those on the newer machines because people were leaving because their phones were running out of battery. That is, they are so sneaky. They are so <laughs> sneaky. They don't want you to leave. Oh no. my god, and I miss it. <laughs> okay, now the other one, the other weekend that's amazing to come here, opening weekend of NFL. Really? So I'm not a huge football fan. I have to say. I mean, I know that it's. A it's lot sacrilegious to be from Houston and not like football. <laughs> I mean, I everybody loves JJ Watt. You know, I get it. He's a great guy. Very, you know. Um, He's in Arizona I, now. He's not even. In yeah, I know he left, but yeah. um, it you know, and pe- we love him so much here that everyone's like, and he deserves a ring, and that's okay that he's leaving. But oh. um, I for me, football is too much start and stop. I get so frustrated. I'm like, oh my god, they get the ball and they're tackled. It's so much. Okay, just that's like, what's beautiful about going to the sports book first weekend of NFL because every team plays that weekend. So there's usually mm-hmm. like there's the Thursday game, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game. But during Saturday Sunday afternoon, 
They usually only have like three, four games. So therefore, you have like 16, or I mean like 12, like, 11, like 10, 12 games all going off at once that first Sunday morning. Hmm. And it's so fun because they call it the witching hour. I have the Red Zone channel. So the, uh, red, the witching hour. So the Red Zone channel has a thing called the witching hour. And like, like a lot of people get the NFL ticket where you can watch whatever game you want. I just yeah. watch the Red Zone and all it does is cut to you. It goes to each game live and it shows you who's about to score next. And they just show you teams that are, that are about to score or if someone scored and you missed it live, they'll go back and give you the replay right away. Nice. So you, you know, only I'll see the big plays. Sometime. I, so I, I love Vegas. I told you, I, you know, before COVID, I, I really like to drive there all the time, um, especially because I would go there. I like to go see the residencies. I love Celine Dion. I just, <laughs> just ridiculous she's pretty awesome yeah she's amazing and if you you should go see her new show i'm going i will be there in uh november okay cool cool. i will will be here for sure most of november i might go to california for thanksgiving but i should be here oh my god well if you are then we'll we'll have to go to a casino and um hit up the craps table or something um but yeah i i always would walk by where the sports bets were going i was like i've got it you know i'd love to do this sometime um, my friend actually every summer goes to Rockets, uh, the training over the summer that they do. in. Vegas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the NBA summer league. Yeah. The summer league. Yeah. Have you ever gone to check that out before? No, cause they didn't have it last year and I had just moved yeah, here. Yeah, they took the bubble. I had just moved here and I hadn't like now for sure through my, my company, my corporation hook, corporate hookups, I could for sure get free tickets for that. Like I have no, oh, you no doubt that I, have, I can get free tickets for that next time they do it. So I don't know if they're going to be, it's going to be open to the public this year, but like for sure. She next works summer I'll be for there. them. Um, so maybe that's why she is going to get to, I don't know, but she would go every year anyway. Do you know um, Terrence Newman? He's a comedian uh, at mayor, mayor of Echo Park on Twitter and Instagram. I'm sure I follow or something. He, uh, I'm so bad with names. He, um, like his old roommate He's actually the play-by-play guy for University of Nevada football and basketball. Oh, wow. And when they play UNLV here next, I'm supposed to get like full-on courtside tickets and like the locker room passes and stuff. Oh, yeah. I get to do the whole experience. Like the full-on like VIP experience. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's so fun. You know, I love going to games. Like I haven't, um, you know, obviously ever since the COVID everything happened, um, haven't gone but um i guess mm, i've only been to one sporting event since i moved here two years ago and i went to i went to some like really low level uh like lightweight boxing matches over at mandalay bay i had never seen live boxing before now so that was a cool experience uh my sister used to go see the fight sometimes in vegas like um i've never so i've never seen anything like that there are seriously like in the mandalay bay like arena they sprinkled like a thousand people in this twenty thousand seat stadium for like it was like they were trying to like shush like, hey you guys I know your seats are up here but can you move closer so it looks like we have people in here because like, it wasn't even on pa- it wasn't even on pay per view or anything it was just like a, like local fights almost it was pretty cool though. so I want to say I went to a MMA convention Ooh. at Mandalay Bay and it wasn't even for it was my it was my ex boyfriend he was obsessed. And uh, the deal was, is he'd go with me to the Celine concert if I went with him to the, to the MMA. MMA convention and he got to meet like, uh, he, I forget all of their names. Oh, my God. I don't really know um, any of their names. So I mean, I yeah, but I just it's it's so 
violent. And everybody was talking about, you know, the, I know this was an MMA, but uh, the Logan Paul fight this weekend or something. Yeah. The, the it's Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. The YouTube guy versus the hall of famer. <laughs> what? But then there wasn't a winner. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they just went because like it was in the contract that if it went to a draw, there wouldn't be judges. Usually, if it goes to a draw, there's a judge's decision. Yeah. But then, uh, in this particular case, they had it in the contract where a draw would be declared a draw, and it it was a publicity stunt. But Mayweather actually owns a strip club right around the block from where I work. Really? It's <laughs> and I mean he has a history of domestic abuse and stuff and so it's like it's the most poor taste thing i've ever seen in my life oh i, I would know i would it called it's called okay i would say it's the most poor taste strip club near where i work but i work where all of them are right there off the freeway and okay it's called the girl collection oh god and i Just would say name. i would say that's the most offensive one right but no 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 there's one down the street from that called little darlings and i don't know if you've ever oh. seen the Chrissy McNichol, Tatum O'Neill coming of age summer camp movie about like the two teenage girls trying to lose their virginity at summer camp to Matt Dillon. <laughs> I have not seen that, but I mean, God, little darlings yeah. like that just makes so, me want to like, Oh my God. Yeah. It's so weird. The first time I ever went to Vegas, it was for my 21st birthday and we all went with my family and I didn't know that there were people on the street that just hand you the, the stripper the flyers and stuff yeah the call yeah and like the prostitute yeah and i just remember i was like with my mom and like my family and the guy hands him to me and i didn't know what it was and i was like oh my god and I was like, you know what's funny what is, is i remember uh like it was like right before covid i had some friends like that january right i had some friends in town and i'll never forget we were walking through downtown and they're handing out those flyers one guy, I was like, oh, yeah, give me one. I was just like kind of joking around. It's like, you're a local. Get out of here. And I'm like, because <laughs> like people can tell when you're a local here. Like they can just, you give off the vibe. Like you, there's a certain point where you just don't look like a tourist anymore. You don't look like someone that's trying to you cram. You look like you've been there. A yeah. Lot. Well, I'm not trying to cram one year's worth of partying into one weekend out here. Yeah. I mean, I guess. See, but I feel like if I lived in Vegas, I would be. It would be very hard for me to stay away from the casino. No, I, here's what you do: is you do the scene I do, where the casinos are like day spa, resort, like bowling alley, like places. Yeah, and they have like all kinds of cool stuff to do besides gambling. And I also like to play the horses. Yes, you were telling me about this game, right? Oh, the, 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 the NFT, the NFT yes. digital horses. Yes, where you yes. can buy NFT. I I was looking at one the other day. It was only like two hundred and forty bucks worth of Ethereum, uh, and like. I could buy this horse and then like I have to pay the race fees or whatever. And but you race it. I race it and it wins or loses based on its like blockchain DNA or whatever. What? <laughs> and, like, there's, it's there's, crazy. Like, there's full on breeding and everything. And then I can put them out the stud or if I get a filly, I can breed her and try, you know, like, so like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the process of stacking Ethereum. So, because I figured I need about $3,000 worth of Ethereum. Hopefully the price drops because then it'll be even cheaper, of course, because it's all based on, all based in Ethereum. On the so, price, yeah. So if the Ethereum does dip pretty big, I'm going to get a full on stable together. Why well, I want to get like two Phillies and then like <laughs> three Colts or whatever, you know, and like hopefully I get, I end up being able to breed out of my own group a champion that like, because somebody sell for like 1.5 million. 
No, that's amazing. I've, <laughs> I've, I find all of that stuff. I'm still very much learning about it. So I sometimes feel just and, so and, stupid. Like they just sold an NFT of the dog. The, remember the Doge, how Doge is based on that Doge meme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they sold an NFT for like $3 million of that meme. See, it's crazy. And that's stupid, you- right? You have like, like it's just, it's, but like a horse that I can own and race. Now NFTs are talking to me. <laughs> yeah, well, and then you make you're making money off of, it. and also yeah. it's fun. Like you're, yeah. you're racing the horse. Like I have, I I have my own stable. Things- like I'm watching. Yeah, I'm like a, I'm like a gangster uh, with my own horse race. <laughs> it's like you have a neo pet that makes you money. Yeah, right? I don't have like- to feed it. I don't have to. There's no. Uh, I, there's no. Oh, is he tired after racing three straight races? No. That is so much fun. I it sounds dangerous. I'm gonna wait for the price to drop too because I would love to buy a racing horse NFT. I saw some other NFT that was trending on Twitter today that was sold for like eleven million dollars or something. And it the, looks the like invisible a, sculpture. Did you see that one? Oh, I saw the eighteen thousand dollar invisible sculpture. See, this is what I find so pretentious about like the high art world. Is like somebody can do something like that and this guy's so famous or whatever, such a known artists that people are like oh i i you know and they're bidding over it yeah what and it's like it must be enclosed in a five you know it has to be you have to have five feet by five feet by it and it's like oh really do i okay like uh, yeah oh. i mean it's just it's unreal to me yeah like we'll see what the digital horse is like except first i was thinking nfts are kind of stupid with the exception of i i do think nba top shots is kind of cool where it's basically like you buy moments like a, a guy making a three-point shot so it's like a like a digital basketball card, but there are so many that are encoded. So it's like it's like card collecting, but through like blockchain. That makes sense to me. Or kind of like when you buy um, the the um, the ball, like the baseball that won the World Series game, like that Homer ball. But it's like actually like a digital thing. Does that make sense? That, yeah, you know that, how people can like buy like the- like yeah, like remember like yeah, like a signed ball. Just, yeah. yeah, like a sign ball, but it's like this is the one that they hit that made them win the game or whatever. I have a sign ball here where I went to a minor league all star game a couple years ago and I got oh, the entire fine. North, it was like the California League North team, the whole team signed this ball for me. And like, yeah. th- like three or four of these guys are already in the majors doing pretty well. So it's like, that's so cool. Like this, that ball could be worth money down the line, especially if a lot of them end up becoming famous coaches. Like they don't, maybe they don't know for their playing career. They end up becoming coaches, and they're in that one minor league all star game. And... Do you have it in a nice? Yeah, I have box? it in like the little card, like the little ball, uh, the ball box. I don't know. Yeah, the nice little, little case, glass case. But what's really cool is, I was thinking, I was like, okay, what if you can like a World Series champion? The entire team signs the ball. Yeah, and you got the NFT of that, where you can kind of digitally look around, and like look at all the signatures on it and stuff. And the team only has to sign one ball for the fans for that way. Like that's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. I need to read more about that. My mom is um, a lot more, knows a lot more about NFTs than I do. She, when you were talking about the witching hour earlier, I was kind of laughing to myself because my mom is obsessed with watching this guy on YouTube named Andrew Mo Money. And he has, I know who you're talking about. Okay. He has the witching hour. Alan and Fritz are into him for their uh, fake money show. Like they talk about him. Okay. Oh, oh my God. I love Alan so much. Yeah, he's great. Um, <laughs> he's the best. He's one of my first Twitter friends, actually. Hey, Alan. Um, okay. But you know, my mom loves Andrew Mo Money. And she, you know, so she's all into the GME and the AMC stuff. And she had me buy some AMC back in like, um, I don't know, like early February. And I was like, we'll see. And she's still, you know, we're holding. 
So yeah, it was but, like at sixty-five bucks last week or whatever, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, it went yeah. almost up to seventy. Yeah, it was it was pretty exciting. It was kind of like how when I looked at my Doge one day and I was like, "What happened? Whoa! <laughs> yeah, whoa those whoa. moments are really cool." It's um, but yeah, I don't know much about this guy, but he is on the TV downstairs all the time. And one day I came down and he's wearing a witch hat, and I was like, "What are you watching? <laughs> Who are you taking your financial <laughs> advice from?" and she's like his name's andrew mo money i was like mom and she's no but it's it's great it's kind of fun that she got into this so yeah no like uh like like here's the thing is i I, as much as i think these nft horses are cool i really want to see nft roosters because cockfighting's so illegal (laughs) but like an nft cockfighting Ooh. Why don't you start that? You could start it. So I've been Googling this pretty crazy, pretty uh, intensely lately. Excuse me. I'm having my chewable uh, pill for no. my, uh, my uh, cardiac issues. But uh, so with these, uh, I saw like a proposal. It's like a public grant where mm-hmm. these blockchain guys wrote a, like they're asking for like $18,000 to start a, nft cockfighting like they have like the certain like like they have this this and this they just need that money to complete like the last part of it i don't know exactly i don't know that much about it to know exactly like what they need it for but they're like basically at the last stage of it like they have like essentially the dna of all the roosters like this like all like they just need to kind of dial in how the fights are gonna (laughs) oh my god it's crazy. There's going to be this for everything, right? Yeah. Like it's 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 the whole. They tried to say, oh, that the NFT bubble is burst. Like it was like two weeks ago, and then I saw all the news this week. What if there's like an NFT not... baseball league where everybody's an uh, you an owner of a team and you try oh, and be so much fun and like oh of course it just it just becomes just like real baseball where the the Yankees just buy everybody like <laughs> can afford to buy everybody. <laughs> That's. So baseball is my, probably my favorite sport because I love the experience of going to the ballpark and getting peanuts and drinking beer. And I know a lot of people say it's like watching paint dry, but I'm like, I I'm think a it's huge, just a huge fun... baseball fan. So yeah, I, I, I love, and I love going with like my friends or family because you can kind of relax and enjoy time with them. I also love basketball. Yeah. Bas- um, I, and so I like hockey fun. a lot too. So hockey, y'all have a great team in Vegas. Uh, yeah, right? I'm a big Kings fan though. I grew up in LA, and I'm a big, big Kings fan. Like I, I I've already won two Stanley Cups with them. I'm not, I'm not trading right, those colors did. in anytime soon. Like, but the what, whoever the Vegas team was, I just remember. On, um, honestly, my favorite team that I live and die by in football and basketball is UCLA because my aunt and uncle were big boosters and alumni there. And since like for a good chunk of my ch- like growing up in LA, we didn't have a pro football team here. So, like, the hmm. USC-UCLA rivalry was bigger than anything. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, no. And so, to- everybody, you're either a UCLA. Like, if you grew up here, you're because there's always the dingleberries that go, like, well, I like UCLA basketball and USC football because that's the one where they're, like, UCLA's better in basketball, USC's better in yeah, football. Yeah, okay. So, they're it's making like, fair, fair weather or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're, that's my, you're, you're a jerk-off. Number, you're yeah. a grade-A jerk-off. That's, like, that's how you judge the rivalry. But, no, so it's, like... We've had like I'm the next sporting event I'm going to. I haven't been to an actual like I went to a Dodger game right before I moved here, and that was two years ago. So now uh, my first UC, I'm going to the UCLA Hawaii game in LA on in Pasadena. Oh, fun! August twenty eighth. Yeah. So so my little sister went to UCLA. Um, 
I actually never, the only competitive thing I saw there was acapella. (laughs) (laughs) Was it judged by acapella from uh, where in the world? Oh my God. They have, they have like a celebrity judges. I can't really, I just know one of them was the guy uh, was this big dentist who does like all the celebrity smiles was one of the, but her team won. She got to sing in front of thousands. It was incredible. It was like, it was like a, felt like I was watching her at the VMAs. It was incredible. But um, I remember Alanis Morissette got the, I think it was the Gershwin award maybe. um, And she seemed so out there. Her speech is hilarious. I'll have to uh, (laughs) send it to you on DM because it was so funny, but I have gone to a USC UCLA game. At, at the USC stadium because I used to date a guy. Okay, yeah. And, so um, those games are pretty intense. Like it's... They are so much fun. And I told you I don't like football, but that was like, that was wild. Also, I probably had a great time because I was with like this guy I was like crazy in love with. So it was like, <laughs> well, that, you can that... take me anywhere. Yeah, no, but it was... It was a lot of fun. Uh, SC UCLA game is like won. something special. I've only been to a couple at the Coliseum there. I hate going there. I think the last time I went, I saw a rat the size of my foot and I wore 13. Oh, it's, it's, um, (laughs) it's, it's like, it's a trek to get there. I mean, it's like, so I live in Los Feliz and it's still, I mean, you probably live closer to the UCLA, UCLA plays in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. Oh, so I've, I haven't gone to the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl is amazing. It's so much better. It's, I do love Pasadena, though. I do That's like how the, the private school in the, in the situation has the decaying downtown stadium. So and the bad. public school has the really nice like country club stadium. Like, Yeah, no, the place where I saw my little sister do spring sing was actually at the UCLA campus. There was some other big, I think it's where they played basketball, actually. It was that. Poly Pavilion. Where they yeah. Had, yeah, the Pavilion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so I, I need to... Basketball games at Poly Pavilion are amazing too, because UCLA has won the most national championship. Like I've been to Yankee, Sta- the old Yankee Stadium, where like when I went to that game there, it was just like I don't know, it was like 2005. It was like four years before they built the new one. So mm-hmm. I was just sitting there in the stands, and I realized like, oh my god, Babe Ruth legit played that part of the field right there. Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio played that part of the field right there. Like J- Derek, I'm watching Derek Jeter play right now. But these guys all played like right behind. Kind Ran of, on the same. Field. It's all the same That's bases, incredible. or I mean, it's not the same exact. I mean, obviously they did some facelifts and a renovate, but, but it's no, like, but it's still it's, it's like the on same this place. Yeah, this is the yeah. home, where home plate where these guys all stood and faced. You know, like and so That's it was like magical. and like and then the only other place I've really felt that at is it's like sacred ground. Yeah, That's the, the old it, forum you know? where the Lakers played, like in like not so much Staples. I mean, Staples Center's got a vibe. But the old forum were like, Kareem is that in and, Inglewood where they do yes. the concerts now? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The old forum has that vibe, and uh, UCLA Poly Pavilion, like those places, just feel special. Like you walk in there, you see all the championship banners. You see, like it just there's a vibe. I've never been to the forum. Um, I did see, I did go to a Lakers game or two at the Staples Center, and I was like up in like the nose bleeds like <laughs> to the point where i was like i feel like i don't even want to walk and try to carry popcorn and a drink because if i trip i'm gonna fall and i'm gonna go down you know because there's like no railing it feels like it feels like you could just fall all the way yeah. down it's so steep i like, uh, fall to your death i sat and i sat and, like at the old forum i went there for bc boys once and then i went for billy joel and elton john Oh, they're so great together. Oh, oh my God. They, that is a show. Touring twins. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they That's cover each show. other's songs. 
there, you know, so my, that's my mom's favorite concert she ever went to. She, she will talk about that forever. I've never seen them. I think your mom and I would get along. Like she likes to party. We've both been <laughs> like, uh, Billy Joel to John's one of the best concerts we've both ever been to. Cause I saw the oh, stone. Sh- I saw the stones like right after I saw them. And I was like, I think Billy Joel and Elton John might have been better. Oh, I would, I would, I would have to agree. I'm not a huge Rolling Stones fan. I have like a couple of their songs. Okay. I mean, but... Stones and Beastie Boys are probably my two favorite bands of all time. So it's like, it was really so special. So you got to see the Beastie Boys when they were all alive. Yeah, I saw them like three times. I think. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Nice. That I was saw so them at Lollapalooza when I was like 15. Oh wow! And that was the crazier, like 94. Yeah. So it was like them, Smashing Pumpkins, Tribe Called Quest, Green Day. Like, oh my God. Like, so the all breeder, of that early. The, I saw the Breeders. Like, uh, who else was there? Uh, oh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Like, it was a. Oh my God. I love and Nick then, Cave. Oh, and George Clinton and the P Funk also. Like, it was the best lineup of bands <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> we used to have to sing Make My Funk the P Funk or whatever to like warm <laughs> up our voices in like my drama class in high school. Oh it my was God. So that's random. so fun. That'd be funny if you guys did like give up the funk or something it's just like it was so weird i, I remember the teachers like so we're just like make my funk the p funk and i was like what we I, I want the funk give yeah, up the so, funk but i love see i live music without that over this past what has it been like 14 whatever months now i've been losing my mind i know i want to go to a concert so bad (laughs) you have no idea i did get to go see dave Chappelle recently which i know isn't like a concert but it was like just to be like somewhere where there was you know i went to the mgm grand last weekend to see my friend nate craig he was headlining at the uh brad garrett comedy club at the mgm so he got me tickets and i went and saw him and like I was like, I, I it was like I had two things going because I haven't done stand up in a while, so I was sitting there going, "I could do this. This crowd's easy, you know." And like, yeah. I had that, I had part of that going on in my head, like that, that the, 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 my ego was doing that. But then, for the most part, I was just sitting there going, "Ah, oh, I've missed sitting in a room with strangers exactly. and watching something." Like exactly, and I bet, like for me, the music thing, I had three concerts that were canceled that I was really especially looking forward to last year, and I don't know if. The Roger Waters one's, you know, rescheduled. We'll see if this, you know, if that happens in September. But I really wanted to see Alanis Morissette, her uh, Jagged Little Pill reunion. Oh, tour, yeah. Like, that, that... the 25th anniversary tour. And I'm like, God, I hope she does that, you know. Um, but I've missed that so much. And that's a great thing about living in Vegas and in L.A. is I feel like you know, we just get shows. everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then like, in Vegas, uh, and you can get them in both places because it's only a three hour, four hour drive. So, like, oh my god, where are you just the 45 minute flight, right? Oh, <laughs> just, you know, don't get me started on that. And you know what? Like, it's even cl- closer, it's even less if you go to Ontario Airport, which there's no line, no one knows about Ontario. Ontario is the best airport in Southern California. It's yeah, it's out towards better the than Burbank because it's like out towards the Inland Empire and no one goes there, it's fucking empty. It's, I've seen, like, I've seen it on, you know, the Southwest website. I used to before. love it. Like, I would, like, when my sister or brother would, like, fly in from college, and it, like, when I was younger, like, I would always go pick them up at the airport. Sometimes it'd be, like, John Wayne, sometimes it'd be Long Beach, LAX, Burbank, whatever. And I would always prefer Ontario, even though it was actually technically, like, the furthest from where we grew up. Yeah, it was, like, an over an hour, right? It's about 45 minutes, because it was, like, 
literally, I knew I was driving up. They're going to be standing right there. I pick them up and I drive away. There's going to be no hassle and no one near me. Like it's going to be the easiest thing. That's how I feel thing. about the Burbank airport because I live right off the five and then you just go down the five. To yeah. The, the Burbank airport is pretty solid. You know what? And then I discovered when I was living in East Hollywood, the uh, L- uh, LAX flyaway, the little shuttle bus that drives you there for like yeah. 12 bucks. Like that's my pretty sister solid. would do that from UCLA. Yeah. yeah. I just would rather put a cigarette out in my eyes um, <laughs> than go to LAX ever again. <laughs> I don't smoke. I'm just saying like, I just like, I cannot stand LAX. I would rather take someone else's cigarette and, <laughs> and stick put it, it in, in my, my eye. eye. Like, I'm telling you, burn my pupils out. It'd be funny if I you walk up to can I mama smoke? Oh, I don't know you smoke. Oh. I don't. I just want to put this out of my eye. <laughs> I just want to put this out in my eye. I'm telling you, the last time I went to LAX, Maybe I'm just scarred for life. First of all, I never fly American Airlines, but I was flying. I was going to Montreal and um, I am getting on the plane and I, I was supposed to be switching planes in North Carolina to then go to Canada. And all of a sudden, um, we're, you know, we're running late and I'm like, God, I hope I don't miss my connecting flight. And they get on the speakers and they go, yeah, so um, they're sorry for the delay. They're just thinking that maybe somebody's on this plane that skipped security and i'm start freaking out because i'm a nervous flyer and um then so my that's like, usually because i have drugs up my butt <laughs> well and then they were like actually they think the person is on the plane so they're gonna the police are coming on the plane and me and everybody's talking the cop i shit you not and i even have it on video because i was trying to like video them to be like mom look what's happening they pulled me off the plane because i looked like a girl who skipped security the only thing that we had in common was brown hair and a ponytail. I'm I've been pulled off the plane. I'm crying and I'm like, I just want to get to Montreal so I can go to my concert and I'm going to miss my flight. Finally, they realize it's some other girl. And then they pull the other girl off the flight crying and they let me back on. And I'm, you know, tweeting at American airlines and I'm going to miss my flight and everything. And by the time I landed in North Carolina, they actually came and personally picked me up like on the tarmac and drove me in like a thing that's, to drive me to the pit. That's the power of social media. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm telling you. And I was like, I'm never flying American Airlines again. But that was my last LAX experience. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I uh, pretty bad. Yeah, I'm not missing airports. No, I'm just I'm missing concerts, not airports. That's right. I was supposed to go to, I was supposed to go to punk rock bowling here right before COVID. Like when COVID. What is punk rock bowling? That sounds amazing. Okay, well, I learned exactly what its origins were from Brandy Posey when she was on, but it started off as just like literally like all the punk rock like Epitaph and like Sub Pop, all these like punk labels, their A&R people would come out here for like a mini convention and just all party and go bowling and stuff. That's so fun. And then it just morphed into an actual punk festival in downtown where like punk bands play. And like the lineup, what was supposed to be was like, I mean, like fucking the circle jerks, bad religion, no effect. It's like all these, like like, the big, all the big guys. Yeah. They all come out and play this. Like what's like, I went a couple years ago. I didn't have tickets to any of the shows, but like if you go to Fremont street, there will be stages. Well, there's stages just out on the street where bands will like are just doing for like general entertainment. So yeah, I did yeah. see a couple. I actually who was playing. Was, I saw good. I think it was Good Charlotte. I saw play. Oh, <laughs> I had I had my little like pop punk emo phase in high school. I went to the Warped Tour. Yeah, uh, like, I, I want to say I saw Good Charlotte, but I know Keith Morris from the Circle Jerks and Black Flag and stuff. 
And so like, what? yeah, like he used to DJ with my friend at the Cha Cha Lounge. And so like I used to hang out at their DJ table with them all the time and I got to know him. Like he's super cool. Like he likes my jokes on so Facebook fun. whenever I post on there. Like he's he's very very so is cool. He gonna, is he going to be at this next punk bowling thing? Are I they think I don't, they're not it? doing it this year. I don't think they usually do it in May, and I don't recall it happening last month. So I yeah. think it'll be next year. So it's looking like they're taking two years off of it, but it should be back next year because. Oh, I will so come to Vegas for that. That sounds like fun. That yeah, like a, it's pretty cool because like all like the. It, it's like it's like downtown Vegas, like Fremont Street, just turns into like all these people with mohawks and like, like it's fucking just it's awesome. That is so much fun. I I miss like I, I've only gone to a couple of music festivals, which is kind of weird because I'm so music obsessed. Um, but for me, sometimes they can be like I went to ACL in Austin when I was like 21, and maybe it was because I was also just really stoned. I was like, this is too many people when you're walking through. <laughs> those crowds and um i had a lot of friends who would go i've never gone to coachella that to me just seems yeah, a little God, that too seems young. miserable for, like, i i just feel like i would again put a cigarette in my eye um <laughs> but like i've heard that Lollapalooza is a lot of fun i've had so many friends who love that yeah i went i mean that was really cool um i mean Bonnaroo, I've, I've heard see now now for me i've i've gone to Lollapalooza. And I've gone, I, I didn't go to a bunch of shows at Punk Rock Bowling, but I, I went and just hung out in the casinos while I was going on. And that's fun because you see all, like the, the people watching is incredible for that. No, I, people watching. And I just ran into ran, randomly random to Bobcat Goldthwait. And we have a few mutual friends. So like I like kind of was like, hey, you don't know me, but I'm friends with like, you know, like James Fritz, Caitlin Gill, like a few people and like, oh, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I live here now. And like he was so nice and so cool. And uh, but yeah, like. Uh, I've done more comedy festivals than I've been to music festivals. And it's, I'm just really, I feel like being locked inside for all this time, it's made me want to, um, once I, once I go back to California and figure out, I I just want to go out more, you know, and I want to do things like, I just, I'm like, God, I want to make up for all that lost time because, um, no, I think we are going to have a roaring twenties kind of thing situation coming up here where a lot of people are going to just really want to blow off some steam and, yeah you know i think would be the one of the smartest things someone could open up right now coming up a roller disco who wouldn't wouldn't want to go roller disco post-covid come on i'm obsessed with going to the roller skating rink in Burbank. have you been before the moonlight yeah the one where they have the the organ music and stuff i haven't been to that one what organ no they were playing like just like i think i went one night when it was like 90s pop but they had you know, one. In, there used to be the one in Glendale, I think, or whatever. But they had like live organ. It was like the last place they had live organ music, where you can do like the like people were playing like, like the baby the baseball elephant. organ. Yeah, like the baby <laughs> elephant walk. Like, hold on, I'm look, I'm gonna pull up some fucking organ music right now, just to give because it that's all I can think of is you know like take me out to okay, no, you know no. like I'm talking like baby elephant walk. You know what I'm talking about, Henry Mancini. I, I know if I hear it, I'm going to know right, what that go. is. Here we go. I'm going to get we this go going. Oh. Of course, there's always an ad. There's you know always what? an ad. It hurts it's isn't paying me, to... me for this ad right now, so they can. They hired OJ. That's all I want to say. Stop! I cannot yeah. even imagine. <laughs> just I want to roller skate to some baby elephant walk. You know, I'm just rolling around the ring. Woo. 
Woo! I'm going backwards. I'm doing the whole thing. Oh my god, no, that is amazing. No, so the, the one I went to is just like a DJ, right? And there's okay. even like you can roll up to the DJ booth and you're like, hey, play this. Uh, roller disco sounds like we need it. Have you ever seen we the movie Roll it. Bounce? Bow Wow? Wait. No. Oh. Wait. It's about Wait, a group roll- of kids in the 70s that oh. like compete in roller disco contests. I'm going to write this down right now. And it's got like Nick Cannon in it and Bow Wow. And oh. This roll Bounce? Roll Bounce. Yeah. Found it. Okay. Yeah. No, I haven't seen this, but I will watch it. It's literally about guys that do like line dance, like disco, like disco oh, roller Oh, I've seen like videos. Dancing. There's, there's yeah. people who take it very seriously. Yeah. I went when I was there, this guy, he was doing these moves like he would hit like almost like a full split and then still be like on wheels. And then all of a sudden just start like it's crazy the moves they can do. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, a, oh, he practices. See, I think something like that. People would really want to do that. Like people like that, you know, aren't huge drinkers. Is they're there gonna, not a great go. roller rink in Vegas? I don't think so. That's something I got to look That's into. That's insane. Maybe they're worried about the liability of everybody being wasted. Yeah. Um, That's probably it because I, I, you know, they don't serve alcohol. Okay. So in the neighborhoods out here for a while, I was driving around and be, be such a pain in the ass because there's all these huge center dividers everywhere. So like on a lot Mm -hmm. of the side streets by my place, I can't just make a, like go down the street and make a left. I have to plot which way I'm going to go so I can make three rights or whatever. So I can get to the left, you know, it's just a whole thing. Yeah. And I finally asked a friend of mine at work who grew up here, like what the, what's the deal with that? And they had to put all these huge center divider things in after because there's so many DUI fatalities. Oh my god! The people were coming from the wrong side of the road. The wrong side of the road. And so when they started putting these huge barriers between the because the roads are pretty wide as it is, so they yeah. put these huge like concrete barriers in the middle, and so you're hitting that instead of the person. And that's what's so crazy about Vegas is like I don't, you know, I, I've always. I've never driven there before. You know, it's always like a taxi or whatever. And like, I, it's, but on well, the strip, you don't have to. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, hey, I have that. no state taxes here, right? I have a my cheap rent, gas is cheap, grocery, like, cost of living is really cheap, except for my car insurance. Holy shit. And like, I'm in like the over 40 range now where it's like, I should be at the point where it's the car insurance is the cheapest it's ever been in my life. And it's but not, they're like, no, you're in Vegas. I, and so I have this special thing I got from my insurance company that like literally plugs into my car, and I have it in there now. Like it's in there for like four more months. It's like a six month thing, and it tells me, it, like, sends a report, and it lets them know, okay, he doesn't go out driving in Vegas at fucking two a.m. on Saturday nights. Yeah, yeah, like drunk out of your mind. Yeah, no, I that is. I guess, like, every time I think of Vegas, I forget, like, oh, people, like, live there and they drive outside, you know, I, outside of the Strip. What is it? Paradise? There's Paradise, yeah. It? There's uh, Tropicana, yeah. you know, you got Sahara. Yeah. You got... God, I love it so much. I can see it in my head right now. See, I live like, over on the west side near, like, where, like, the golf courses and stuff are. Do you live by Henderson? I asked. I think I asked. No, I'm you. on the exact opposite. end. Like, Henderson's basically on the southeast side. I'm on the okay. northwest side. But it's, it's again golf courses on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I live yeah. over in the Summerlin area, so like I, I okay. kind of live in like the Brentwood. Vegas. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I could never and trust me, I could never afford a one bedroom condo like that in in Brentwood in L.A. Fuck no. Like, I mean, I don't ever venture to that area because I would. I just 
I feel like I do everything in my bubble. You know what I mean? You do like need to go over there when this is over. My buddy Aaron, I'll I'll send him and get you a discount on it. Send you his way, get you a discount. But he does the OJ murder tour. Oh. He grew like up like over Bramble. off of. Um, yeah, he drives you from location and like he picks you up in a '92 Bronco, like white Bronco. <laughs> okay, he he picks you up at the McDonald's where Cato and OJ got burgers that night because that's where the story all starts. And he drives you to every. He drives you to the school where they had the recital oh, the that night. Where, he drives where the you. Recital to, was. He drives you to the restaurant where they had the post dinner. He drives you over to like where OJ's house is. Back to Nicole's house. He shows you. Here's the route he would have taken. It's amazing. And he, he went to school with OJ's kids. So like he knows like the like the area and the. He grew up in Brentwood and like it's fascinating. It's so cool. Uh, Tess Barker bought bought me that as a going away present when I moved here. That's hysterical. I love true crime and it still blows that whole story still blows my mind. And I also have to say that I remember the Rockets NBA championships were on when the car chase started because we were watching the game. We were watching the Rockets and all of a sudden the Rockets goes to picture in picture mode and it's like the thumbnail size and there's Rockets Knicks like game six, wasn't it? It was like a a a big day. It was was a a big deal. We were like, we wanted to throw the remote. We were like, why isn't the car chase the small little thing? Why are Have you ever seen the ESPN 30 for 30 about that day? Um, no, but there I, was like, I, I, I think Arnold Palmer played his last U.S. Open that day, too. The Rangers uh, played a Stanley Cup game or won their or I think they won the Stanley Cup for the first time since like 1945. So there was like there was that NBA final game. So like. There was like four or five like crazy, huge, massively significant events in sports, but no one paid attention to any of them because of the OJ chase. Like, oh my god, we were so upset. I just remember mom was like, "I get it. He's in a white car." And guess he's, where and I he's was during fleeing. that chase, and it was just like, "We get it. Go back. Can we watch the Rockets, please?" I was in the back seat in my friend James Salamone's mom's car with my friends. Uh, I think it was my buddy Louis, James, and then our buddy me, Louis, and James. I think it was the three of us. And I think maybe my friend Jeremy was in there too. I don't care. But we were on the 405 freeway <laughs> in like, but like in like Long Beach, Orange County area, kind of. Mm-hmm. And we were on the 405 and we're listening to it on the radio on our way to go see this band play. She was dropping us off to go see this, co- this concert. And we're like, turn around. We don't care about the band. Let's go. We're on the 405. OJ. Turn around. <laughs> Let's go catch up to OJ. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Another thing that's like now gone viral, another true crime thing that's been brought, it's the Menendez brothers thing. Again. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They were the ones that murdered Yeah, I, I remember them. Yeah, oh, oh, I remember that. Oh, like, no, in, in Beverly Hills. And I'm just like, what? I don't know oh, why people are so into, like, why have they been fetishized? TikTok, TikTok teens are like they were like who are these hot guys in the courtroom and i'm like oh they blew their parents heads off like what do you you know it's so weird and they were you know that they were inspired by the um judd nelson made for uh made for tv movie billionaires boys club which they rebooted with kevin spacey a couple years ago (laughs) i think i saw that on hulu as it's probably the it's probably the kevin spacey like reboot the Judd Nelson made for TV one is so creepy and hilarious where it's like these, it was like a con artist kid who went to Beverly Hills high school and got a bunch of rich guys to buy into his Ponzi scheme. He was like basically running a, like a, like a low level Bernie Madoff scheme. But for like, like you're ripping off millionaires kids, you're still doing all right for yourself. Like, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, 
and he ended up like murdering like one of the dude's dad. Like he got the guys into it and they, they murdered the kid's dad to like try and get him the inheritance so they can like use it to further their Ponzi scheme. Like all this whole thing. Like Oh, I'm gonna watch that. that kind but it's of, a true like, story, I'm... and then that's what gave the Menendez brothers the idea when they saw that made for TV movie. Holy shit. It's so crazy to me. I like I I so I watch all that true crime. I also love watching I Survived. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have. Um, Where they like they usually it'll be like survivor stories. So it'll be like usually somebody like someone who's like kidnapped violent. or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then there's also like oh somebody survived an avalanche or like or there's like a freak accident. The one of those shows I love is I almost got away with it. Oh, I've never seen that, but I feel like I've heard, you've just like reminded me of that name, and that sounds like kind of crazy. it's amazing. There was one guy who robbed like 37 grocery store banks. <laughs> Like the bank branches inside the Alberts, like he, would, like he, would, but he had it down. Like he was good. Why is that hilarious to me? But it is like he's the grocery store robber. I don't know why that's so funny. Like he specialized like, in robbing grocery store banks. Like it's just like what was the final straw? How did he find? You know oh, I mean? and he escaped from jail and robbed more. Like he was badass. Like this guy was awesome. <laughs> it's so crazy when you hear about people escaping jail too. Like that's it's just like how does this happen? They're you know, and I think that's why they keep making Ted Bundy movies is because you know he escaped from prison twice. Yeah, you know? no, I, I think that's the most fascinating part of his story is like like those like there's like at least probably twelve murders there or so there that should just not have happened. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy the whole. It, but I'm just like, really, another one. They've hit this from every angle. Like, how many? I just don't understand. It's so well, and like always, when people are like, "Oh, Ted Bundy's hot," it's like, no, he's no. attractive. He's attractive compared to like Ed Kemper and John Wayne Gacy and all the other serial. Yes, uh, and it's you know what it was Jeffrey about Dahmer. Him? All these. <laughs> Jeff, there's actually Jeffrey Dahmer. There's some pictures of him in the courtroom. He was not. Those glasses were awful, and you know yeah, he definitely wore the, He bad. definitely rocked the Megan's Law look. <laughs> yeah, but he he just like so the thing with Ted Bundy that terrified me, especially is he was, and people don't want to say he was intelligent, but it's like you can't deny the man escaped from prison twice. He was he was his own attorney. You know what I mean? He was yeah. going to go to law school. He, was he I think he worked on the Barry Goldwater campaign, which is so yes. hilarious. Yeah, he had like all these politicians who backed him and thought he was going to have this huge career and the whole, and also his way of luring in women. And I, I was at CVS the other day and I saw some guy on crutches and he's like trying to carry. And I almost was like, Oh, I should go offer to help him. And then I was like, Oh, that's what Ted Bundy did. <laughs> <laughs> Even though this guy wasn't like, Hey, help me. But it was like, Holy shit. You yeah, know, some empathy kicks kind- in. Like, in, yeah. exactly. And it was like, and all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God, I, that scares me because that's what I would have been like. Yeah, sure. Let me help you with your bags. Cause I'm See, an idiot. Also, he would <laughs> always be like, like, with a broken arm, like his arm in a fake cast. Yes. And he would be like struggling with water skis. And that should give you a red flag right there. Like the guy with a broken <laughs> arm is not going water skiing. Like... With, a, with, a, with a cast. No, yeah. Like, buddy, what, what are you doing with those? Can you help me? I want to go skiing. No, you don't. I mean. You gotta... <laughs> Were those Shenanigans. Shenanigans, sir. <laughs> but it's just like, it's crazy to me because everybody was tweeting about that this week that there's another movie coming out and i was like oh man yeah, yeah no it's wild you know. they keep doing that 
right. Um, yeah. I got to get going a little bit here, but before I get going, I had a couple of things I did want to, I could not, uh, not Oh, I'm up. sorry. I know I went off on a tangent. Oh, no I'm problem. Sure. I, this is what this show's all about. Like I, good thing I haven't, uh, done the, my usual tangent yet about glory holes, which, uh, you know, <laughs> is the, the, probably my, you know, I get emails about how often I talk about the glory hole. <laughs> yes. The glory hole. That's right. The glory hole, Dennis. Indeed. Okay. So one thing I wanted to bring up is like, you're in Houston area right now, right? Yes. And you were there during that tiger walking around. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. And so we just had our local Vegas cougar in my near, like my neighborhood has been being prowled by this cougar for the last couple of months. And they finally, they put it down. They fucking animal control. Instead of just catching and releasing it up into the mountains, which is like 30 minutes from here. They or fucking, put it in that Siegfried and Roy little exhibit. Yeah, whatever, right? right? Yeah, yeah though, there's actually a big cat sanctuary in Henderson. Like, there's so many options instead of putting this yeah. cougar down. And, and I get it. Mirage has an exotic And cat it didn't section. hurt anyone in the neighborhood. I mean, people were catching it on their driveway cams, and it was pretty terrifying. But and it was huge. But like, I did, How did I miss this? I didn't see but, this. So here's the thing. So when I saw like a, a person I follow on Twitter, a local I follow on Twitter posted about it, like they're uh, girlfriend's parents like driveway cam which is like four blocks from my pad picked it up and i was like oh god i'm not walking oh my god i'm not walking to get beer tonight but like no. <laughs> um but like so i googled vegas cougar and guess what i got i didn't get the local um big cat that was terrifying the neighborhood no, I got Vegas Cougar porn. I got Milky Mamas. Mamas dot com and God knows whatever other shit was out. Like it was just like so I'm glad just at least you weren't when during the Houston Tiger standoff, you weren't forced to go like every time you tried to Google it to find out. To find news, out the updates. <laughs> no, I was so upset. I was like, where's the tiger? And then the guy who got arrested was like on bond for murder. Yeah. Oh, I've been out on I've been out on a murder rap since November because of COVID and blah blah blah. Anyway, oh. let my tiger loose. Sorry, my bad. And then everyone. it was like actually, it's not my tiger. Oh, I was dying. I was dying. And my sister's friend, um, my sister's sister in law, her friend, that's her fam- like family's neighborhood, and they were texting, and she was like, "Oh, I got information from, um, you know." our family friend and that everybody's freaking out and they had no idea that this guy had was, you know, in there with a fucking tiger for like the last six months. Like a fucking, like a awaiting trial felon. (laughs) I just thought the, the one thing that pisses me off and sometimes I really have to hold back on Twitter because people will just like, pile on to, you know, you on the comments, but like people were just trying to act like, I would just, everybody just needs to stay indoors. And why did that guy have to go out there to try to handle the situation? And he, he didn't even shoot at the tiger, but he did have the gun. Yeah. And it was weird because he was going, whoa, whoa. And people are like, why is he talking to it? And it's like, that's what they say to do to an animal is to talk mm-hmm. and act large. And people were like trying to act like they would do something different. And I, I just, I think that's so dumb. It's like, hey, you know. The guy came out yeah, and got everybody's an armchair quarterback now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, you know, and there was apparently a birthday party down the street with like a bunch of five year olds. And it's like, oh, yeah, let's all just stay inside and let the tiger run down the block and go eat, you know. And hey, kids, it's a Jumanji person. theme party. <laughs> I know. 
that movie. Yeah, no. So that was crazy. I'm going to look up the, the Las Vegas Cougar, but then put minus porn. So, <laughs> I, don't get, so I don't get any Cougar. I guess look up Las Vegas cool. Mountain Lion. But see, I heard Mountain Light. when I saw people tweeting about it at first, they were all using the term Cougar. So just like... I didn't even, yeah, and, yeah. I, and it honestly, was so innocent. I didn't even think about it. Like, no, of course, I know. It's just like, well, where, where is it? You yeah, know? where oh, is it? Totally. It's just, just some, some lady with the big beehive hairdo showing her knockers. <laughs> it's like, no, of that's course. not what I was looking for. But yeah, that, that was hilarious. But also, okay, I, I promised my listeners I'd have a, this story because this is so funny to me. But I got to ask you about your brother, Clyde Fabian. <laughs> My cabbage patch brother yeah so like okay. explain this uh because we're Story. we're both in the viral tweet club where you have this tweet that goes so huge it almost ruins your life for a weekend because you just the app becomes unusable like you can't even check stuff because it's all you're getting and, and but this I, was so funny that like I, this to me is my favorite viral tweet probably ever so oh that's so well you know what i was really glad is that like nobody was like that's not true because it's like i have fu-. like yes it is like i promise i'm not so um i would remember this day like it was yesterday and so does my best friend Allie, who's schnitz creek on twitter um anyway she so we were playing on aol and my older sister for some reason she was like 15 and I want to say she was looking in the filing cabinet for her birth certificate because she was going to be getting her learner's permit soon. Okay. And, you know, she needed her information. She somehow happens upon this birth certificate for what she did not know was a Cabbage Patch doll. At the time, this was like one of the very original ones. So it was before it was like the, the green. I remember I was this. born in the late 70s. So I remember the Cabbage Patch boom of the 80s very clearly. Like like it was huge. It was insane. Yeah. And it was like the, they were the soft ones. And um, it's crazy. It even has fake thumbprints and like yeah, footprints like, on it. And it doesn't say Cabbage Patch anywhere. It says like, I can't remember. It's I have it under the tweet. It shows the picture. There's a certificate. I all of a sudden hear like screaming and crying <laughs> and i was like what is going on she's like mom and she and my mom's like what and she runs up and me and my friend Allie are like what's going on and she's like where's clyde mom where's clyde baby <laughs> and my mom's like what are you talking about she's like you had another baby where is he you put him up for adoption and she's <laughs> sobbing and i'm just like looking at her and, and i just was like what are you even talking about and she's like holding the paper waving it around having a complete meltdown and my mom grabs it and she loses it laughing she's like like, this is for a cabbage patch doll and i kept it because grandma said it might be worth money one day you know what because you know they always say like keep the box or yeah and like a lot of yeah like they had those proof of purchases with dolls and like action figures especially back in the 80s where yeah and it's so weird because it came with i want to say like two papers and one of them's like it even has like my parents' name. It has my grandmother's name as the sign, and it has like, and it says like whatever the hospital is, and it's got those footprints and thumbprints. So it looked legit. This yeah. is before they got rebranded as Cabbage Patch. But I just remember my mom like trying to call my sister down because I promise I would never name a baby Clyde Fabian. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, so it just became this running joke in my family. So when my sister had her first baby, we were having the baby shower and my little sister, Catherine, had this onesie made that said, my uncle is Clyde Fabian. And <laughs> my sister opened it up and just lost it laughing. It will follow her 
that story is going to be told by her grandkids. I swear to God. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, so, that's one of the funniest moments of my life. Oh, like, it's we, so funny. Like, uh, like the only thing I have, like kind of similar to that, like a running joke like that, where I, I mean, I'm the oldest of three myself. I have a younger brother, younger sister. And so, mm-hmm. uh, we were on a family trip to, uh, I forget, like going up, up to like Bay area or something like that. And we would all pile in the van and drive around California during the summers, basically. Oh, yeah. how, I, I need my to mom that. taught California history at like element. So we would like go and collect stuff from the different missions and all kinds of stuff that she can use in class. So we, we, um, like, but we're at this like diner and they're like, would you like the super salad? And I've heard that a million times in my life. For some reason, I thought they were asking me if I wanted a super salad. <laughs> and so I was like, why? Yes. That sounds good. And they were just like, well, which one, you fucking dumbass? And so, like, anytime we went to a restaurant from then on out, like, hey, Scott, you want another fucking super salad, you dumbass? Like, Wait, did y'all not have super salads, the chain? No. No, that but was... But it was spelled, like, super salad. Okay, that was in Houston. But, you know, that reminds me of um, where he goes, what's the soup du jour? And oh, and Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is really, mm. That's our soup of the day. Yeah, all of that. (laughs) The super salad. That's hysterical. See, running family jokes like that are they're they're special. It's like a fun little thing. And when I tweeted that out, it was such a it came to me. I just was kind of giggling, laughing to myself about it. And I tweeted it, and then I was like, "Oh my god!" And I think it once it got like a hundred likes in like you know three minutes, I was like, "Uh oh, I hope my sister doesn't get mad." (laughs) Yeah, I know because like I, I remember when. Because I had the th- it was my mind was about the Trump going to Walter Reed or whatever. I was like, I'll Venmo a st- whatever staffer there a hundred bucks if they dress up like Herman Cain's ghost and warn about three other ghosts <laughs> that are going to visit him tonight or whatever. And like the second I hit send on it, because I was kind of having a rough week, and so it was like I was like drunk, like talking, like texting with my buddy, like kind of mad, like he's he's helping cooling me off. But then I fired that off. It was, it was Sean Green actually who I was texting with. And then right away, his wife, Tess, she retweets it. And I noticed like immediately it had like 50, like in the, like 50 likes and retweets within like, like the first like 45 seconds or what. Like, and like, you're just I, like, oh my God, it feels I'm, like I'm a like, fire and, that started. And all of a sudden it was like 800, like in the first few, and I'm just like, this is out of control. And I'm like, <laughs> and when I remember I went to bed and it just broken like, like, uh, like 3000 or something like that. And I'm like, oh my God, this is out of control. This is. And then when I woke up, it was like, I woke up to all these texts from my friends going, dude, your tweet's like out of control right now. I was like, and I just had like a running like clock of how it like live time. It was like 1500, six, like 16,000, 20,000. And it was like, I got up and went to a casino to cash some bets. And it went from like, just on the drive there, like it went to like, from like 35,000 to like 85,000 just on that drive. Cause it was like in the afternoon now and people are seeing, and then like Saturday Night Live did a version of that joke that night. Oh my God, Really? And people then it like got a whole new life because so many people were going. Actually, this guy Scott did this first. Oh my and, god, that's amazing! And it just became like a whole thing. I was just like, and there were so many people going like, I'll throw in on this, and I was like, I probably could have grifted like a few grand out of people real quick and just pocketed it. Like, I could have easily gotten away with something like that. But I'm like, no, this is. I'm happy to be the popular person on Twitter this weekend. Like that's that's good enough for me, kind of thing. It's hilarious because like I. 
for me, I, I didn't even like when you're saying it gets out of control. I didn't even, I still haven't even read all the replies. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I had like 15,000 replies on there or something like that. I can't possibly. Yeah. yeah. And I just like, apparently there it's apparently it's really funny. There's a lot of funny stories. Like there are some, I've read a couple of them and I was like, Oh, this is great. And, and, and I just, um, I, I still get tweets sometimes that are like, that's my favorite story. Or like, Honestly, hey, I bet you, I you could laugh. just go like, tell that story, find a couple other funny family stories from your childhood. And then just go through that thread and curate the best ones and do it like a coffee table book of like dumb family stories. Oh, that's a cute idea. No, I have, I have a lot of crazy stories. My life. <laughs> really <laughs> just, I think all comedians are, all have like, we have, we have funny, you know? Yeah. And you know, I always feel guilty going to like that well for material, like from growing up, but then like, it's like, sometimes I'll be like, there is a time where I don't really do. I haven't done this bit in a long time, but I have a whole bit about like going through my dad's nudie mag collection when I was a kid and finding nude pictures of my parents. <laughs> like, oh. like, like that's where they hid it. Like that's where he had hidden them. Like he's never going to find my porn. It's like, that's the first thing I'm going to find you idiot. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. I would die. I would so die. like, I basically do a whole bit about describing my reaction and like how it scar- like, just scarred me for life. <laughs> like, that's, but that's, that's hilarious. Like, see, I, I, and I've, and I've run by, like I, I feel like anytime anything crazy happens, my parents always look at it and they're like, "Hey, you could use that in a comedy bit," you know. <laughs> like so, they're very just like, "Yeah, we know. Just make fun of us. It's whatever." I don't know. Life is funny. I have to laugh, otherwise, I would literally, I just would lose it. That's the only thing that's gotten and me through this. That's year. the thing to me is like when you watch a lot of comedy, like because like what people don't realize about being comics, it's like. You don't start off headlining every. Like you watch way more comedy for most of your life than you actually do yeah. it yourself. And so, my favorite comics and my favorite stuff is like when people do something that's just so goddamn real and like so yeah. specific to like them. It's like where it's like it's just so original because it's like coming from such an honest place. I don't know. That's what I like yeah, about like, like- with actors too, where it's like you can tell an actor that's very honest and it's b- way more believable, you know, it's just, yeah. And it's coming from an organic, like they they clicked something in yeah. that character. Yeah. Do you know Hugh yeah. Moore? I'm going to, I mean, the name does not just immediately Hugh Moore. He's a, like a TV writer, stand up, uh, one of the best comics out there. I think if he didn't keep getting these awesome head writing jobs, he wouldn't, he would be a huge comic. But he just okay, doesn't need the money. <laughs> he's what? He just does, like he keeps getting good like head writing TV jobs. So it's like he doesn't need to become a big touring stand up. Like oh, I see. Yeah, no, I I found him. I I don't I well, don't know who he is, but I'm gonna watch his like, stuff now. And you, you like know? he kind of inspired me to do that story about my parents' new photos because he has a bit about how his mom used to make prison because he grew up in like the South Bronx. His mom used to get like prison pen pals. And she ha- and she had him take nude pictures of her to send to an inmate. <laughs> Stop! Yeah. Oh my god! And I was like, "Well, I have I don't have one that depressing, but I got a good one about that kind of thing." It's like, oh my god! I'm gonna look up his stuff. That's hilarious. Yeah, he, he's uh, hilarious. Uh, look up his Lamont. Everybody listening, 
Look up the Hugh Moore Lamont Crunch joke. It's about like his wife only being able to afford the cheapest cereal possible. <laughs> it's called Lamont Crunch, and it's one of the funniest bits. Like it's like he's he's a, such a great like wordsmith. He's one of my favorite comics ever. Everybody, everybody, look him up because. Like I said, if he wasn't didn't keep getting these dope TV writing gigs, like I think he would be as well known as like you name it, like Patton Oswalt or whatever, you know. But yeah, like, yeah, big guy, yeah. But he's just, he's so funny. But it's just like, and like you know, he'd he'd rather just make you know big money writing TV every year and just going around doing bar shows and open mics, which is very noble. I mean, like, yeah, for sure. I mean, but that's maybe he'll get like a little, the Netflix special or something that'll expand his. Yeah, you know, like I, I, oh, he would. If I was in charge of Netflix specials, I'd be like, let's give it to him. Like he, you know, like I'd give it like him. I mean, I'm gonna look him up. I'm excited. I give it to Lizzie Cooperman. Like, there's a few people where it's like, dude, they'll just blow away that hour. Like, why do we keep giving them the people that suck? Yeah, this. You know, I feel like there's some people who are just like better at business. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It's like I don't want to watch an hour of you. Five, ten minutes, I'll laugh. I am one of those people that's very poor at the business end, but um. We gotta get going here in a minute, but be- yes. before we get going, I do want to take one care of little one piece of businesses. If you can't go to my bookie and make your deposit, everyone, you can help the show in other ways. You can go to our Patreon at Luckstops, Patreon.com at Luckstops Pod. And I understand five dollars a month can be very steep for a lot of people. We are just coming out of a pandemic. So if you're just enjoying the show and you're on Apple or Spotify or whatever, go over and give us a five-star review and leave a little comment. That helps almost just as much. So everybody, and follow the show, Twitter and Instagram, at LuxStopsPod. Chloe, anything you want to plug on your way out? Um, I'll just give you all my Twitter. Uh, It's at Chloe Evans, J, E-V-A-N-S-J. Just the letter J. Just the letter J. And uh, yeah. Lots of random stuff I post on there, but it's it's fun. I love Twitter, and yeah. I, I'm so glad I've gotten to. Thank you so much for having me on. This is so much fun. Yeah, and no, I, I, I made my voice cracked right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm Jay. <laughs> Hi, my notice, name's but... Jay Leno. I'm going crazy over here. Like... <laughs> I love it. No, I'm. You gave me so much good stuff to look up. I've like, I'm gonna go heat up my dinner and watch Billionaire Boys Club. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Um, no, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good one. What's the other one I want to recommend to the listeners? Oh, so I found out, uh, I don't know if you, everybody listening has Tubi. Do you have Tubi, Chloe? It's one of those free that, streaming services like yeah, uh, Crackle or whatever. So it's, it's a free one. They got two of my favorite movies on there of all time. I noticed one is an old baseball movie with, uh, Billy D Williams, Richard Pryor and James Earl Jones, where they play a barnstorming Negro league team. They got kicked out of the, they, they're like, star players got kicked out of the negro leagues so they create this barnstorming team that beats up on like white minor leaguers and it's a awesome it's a what's it called it's called bingo long and the traveling all-stars and motor kings or bingo long's traveling all-stars and motor kings yeah it's got it's got an incredible cast it's a very very cool movie and then also okay this one's a little more for people with a stronger stomach but one of my favorite like Japanese gore gangster horror comedy movies is on there too. It's called Gozu. And I think I've heard of that. I feel like it I've is so disturbing. Like if the opening scene should let you know how bad this is gonna go. It's only gonna get worse from there. <laughs> oh, I 
heard it because you told me about this in a DM. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what you made. Okay, I was like, I know I've heard that. Because I'm gonna because my friend Willie's coming up in a couple of weeks, so I'm gonna make him watch this, and we're gonna do a whole breakdown of this movie. Oh, I can't wait to listen to y'all's breakdown of it too. It is so disturbing, but watch it so you can listen to my breakdown coming up in a couple of weeks where I got my buddy Willie Roberts on. So. Uh, th- Chloe, thank you so much for joining us. This was thank a great, thank you so much, such a fun I had time. So much fun. And um, I will try and remember when uh, the interruption happened so I can edit that. Out. I mean, it was when we were talking about Billionaire Boys Club. I think. You know, my last episode, I, yeah, I had someone uh, uh, get a sushi order, and I cut that out to where you can't even tell. Like the conversation's just seamless. So I'm I think so I can sorry that about again. that. Yeah, oh, my dad just like good night, Chloe. Good night, Chloe. He's like, <laughs> I know. Okay, I love you too. No. Stop it. It's pretty no. Uh, <laughs> I'm very very. Uh, I've I, in the early episodes. Not gonna lie, wouldn't have been able to cut that out. But now I'm a uh, garage band. You splice it. You, you splice it, it. Yeah, yeah. It's very easy. Yeah. So thank hey, you so much, and so hope much. hopefully you can come out and visit soon. Uh, you said you're coming out in November oh or whatever. Yes. So you do. I, hey, we'll hang out in the sport. We'll go to the Circus Sportsbook for Sunday morning NFL, and you get to see the madness of like. Half the place of degenerates going crazy for one side, and half the, uh, and then it's all going. And I have a full, oh, foolproof strategy to win at the sports book. That you, every time I go, I I win every time with this, and I just go I'll bring I, money specifically for it. I find the drunkest, loudest idiot because they're everywhere, and I just say, "What's he betting on?" And I listen to, oh. Georgia's a lock. No way is Alabama going to beat Georgia. Georgia's the greatest team ever. I will politely look, look at how much I have on me, go to the window, go all of it on Alabama, and I win every time I do this when I just do the exact opposite of the drunkest, loudest idiot in the sports book. It's, That's perfect. It's, it's, it's foolproof. Perfect. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Chloe, for joining me. I'll say goodbye to you off air, and I will be back next week where I got, ooh, Carl Hess. And my friend, uh, adult entertainer, local Vegas entertainer, Avizia Dakini, for my first in-studio guest. So thank you, everybody. I will see you next week.